Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. In our walk with the Lord, sometimes it would behoove us and benefit us to slow down. And God, am I walking my faith here? Because I can spend five years just spinning my wheels. I tried this and I was going there and I was going to this study and I was sitting over here and I, I got involved in that thing. You could be doing all this stuff and God is saying, but I told you to do that a long time ago and you won't trust me to do that. So what I really want to do in your life is not happening. So you'll be discontented even though you're doing all this stuff because God's like, I told you to do that. And that's not happening yet. If you decide to drive on a roundabout and just keep going around and around, you'll soon realize that you are not getting anywhere. Your car is moving but it's not getting you to any kind of destination. Did you know that this can be the same with your relationship with Jesus too? You may be doing a lot of busy things, but it may not be getting you any closer to Jesus in the process. Today, Pastor Bill teaches you how the Israelites were moving around, but they were wandering and lost. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Numbers chapter 33 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. When opportunities arise, when scenarios present themselves, when a a situation to, and when I say boldness, I'm speaking about boldness in the proclamation of the gospel, when opportunities to speak up for the Lord, when opportunities to to be a witness for Christ come come about, do you cower? Do you fear? Do you step back? Or do you, are you bold? Are you bold about it? Are you able to just step forward and go for it and just boom and see what God will do? Um, God wants us to be bold. And in particular, He wants us to be bold in the face of those that are against us. Um, When Paul was speaking to Timothy, he told Timothy, God has not given us the spirit of fear or timidity, but of power and love and a disciplined mind, a sound mind. God isn't giving you fear. If you you got fear and timidity and I'm not sure if I should do that, that's not from the Lord. God didn't give you that spirit. Um, That might be your natural disposition, but God's given us a spirit a power and love and a disciplined mind where we can be bold and we can speak up and go for it. And so, are you bold? Are you timid? Do you step forward? Do you find that, you know, and, and this is the thing, if you're a believer, if you do cower back, you feel bad about it. Something inside you is saying, I wish I had, a, I wish I had the strength to, I should have, I could have, but I didn't. And if you find that that's your norm, then good news for you is you can ask the Lord. God, the Holy Spirit, God says, I, I will pour out my spirit upon you. Ask for it. Seek me for it. It's not something he holds back from us. It's not a special trick. You don't have to be a certain level of holy to get the Holy Spirit. I mean, you just, you walk submitted, you walk surrendered. Lord, fill me. I, I, I want to I I sell out for you. I want you to have full access to my, I want to be bold in the face of, of those that are, that are against me. And I think in particular in the time in which we live today where so many people are against Christianity, there's so many movements against it um, where you know, Christians get shut down, you know, where it's like, I don't, I don't want to say it. They, if I say this, they're going to think I hate them or they're going to say, you know, and people just start cowering back. And it's like, no, this is this is a time more than ever where we need to be bold. Bold does not mean arrogant. Bold does not mean argumentative. Bold means that I'll speak, though you don't agree in love and in the fullness of the spirit, but I will speak the truth to you and see what the Lord will do with it. And and no thought of what will happen to me, what you will do to me, how you'll feel about me, um, just bold. Bold to just, bold in that, I don't care about me per se, I'm I'm just gonna speak forth what God has said and and see what he does. And so uh, I'd encourage anybody here that feels that you lack that kind of boldness. 
in the face of opposition in particular, that you would ask the Lord to fill you with his spirit, that he would pour out his spirit upon your life, that you would ask for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, that God would give you his power, his strength to be a witness. Um, so moving on. So the first thing, they, they, they went out of Egypt with boldness, he says. And then um, in verse four, he says, for the Egyptians were burying all their firstborn whom the Lord had killed among them. Also on their, on their gods, the Lord had executed judgment. And so he says, when you guys came out, and, and I want you to just think this through, like, I, I, I hate to read the Bible and not, not try to live it out a little bit. But as I, as I look at, you know, I'm looking at this group walk out, what would be going through your mind if you're walking out with all your kids and all your family in tow and everybody in your camp, all the Israelites, all the believers, got all their kids, and as you walk out, everybody's mourning, wailing, crying, and burying their kids. My first thought, because I got kids and I love my kids, was that if I'm walking through that, I'm thinking I, I feel bad for them and I feel grateful for me, right? It wasn't that the Israelites hated all the Egyptians. Some of those women that were Israelites, they were wet nurses for those kids. And so it wasn't like, it, was like, it wasn't like enemies in terms of, you know, we might disagree about beliefs and we might be in disagreement with the Pharaoh. And we might be disagreeing about the gods, but I don't believe that the Israelites in, in particular hated the Egyptians. And there may have even been sorrow of heart for some of these women, some of these ladies that walked by and they're like, man, he lost his son. I, I nursed him. You know, I've seen him grow up, you know. Um, anybody here, if you're a Christian, you don't hate all non-believers, right? There's some non-believers that we love. There are people that maybe you've known growing up and you've seen their kids, they've been your neighbors, and your heart goes out. When bad things happen to them, you don't celebrate. You don't say, all right, that's because they're not saved. You know, you look at it and you think, oh man, you know, it might be because they weren't saved, but your heart goes out. Um, as I was leaving home today, my neighbors right across the street, um, they had a son who, not walking with the Lord, I've had a few conversations with his friends, he didn't, he wasn't there all the time. And I had a few conversations with his brother. Um, he came home from spring break, um, went out with the wrong guys, guys he was messing around with before, got wrapped up in some stuff he shouldn't have got wrapped up in, he got shot and killed. And I remember the night that, you know, it happened. We were at home, we had come home from Florida that night. Was that that night, babe? Whatever night it was, they were out at 2 a.m. I mean, wailing and crying in the street. You know, like just ah, like you hearing grown men just scream. And I'm I'm first thinking, like, what is going on out there? But as you I went to the window and look, you knew something they dealing with death. Somebody died. And sure enough, today was the funeral. So as we came home, the whole block was filled with cars and people are hanging out out there and cars everywhere, whatever. And you're looking and thinking like now that's, nobody would celebrate that. That's a grievous, sad thing. That woman lost her son. You know, all these people are out there. He had a lot of friends. Um, they, there's someone they care about is lost. And so I look at this and I think, man, they're, they're walking by and God said, I'm bringing you out. But I'm looking, I want you to look at what happened. This, this, this is, as they're being reminded here, right, they've been rebellious. God said, look what happened when they rebelled against me. Look at, look at, when I punished, it's, it's severe. But look at how I graced you. Look at how I blessed you to leave with all your lives and everybody in tow. And I think God did that for a reason, right? He didn't have them leave. He could have had them leave before the babies were being buried. He could have had them leave before they all died. But God said, no, I had you leave at that point in time. Whereas you're walking out, that's what you remember. Remember all those people mourning their kids that have, that have just passed away. I believe that God was reminding them, that God was letting them see his preservation in their life, what he spared them and what happens in, in disbelief and disobedience. 
um, how unfruitful the worship of other gods was. Those people's other gods couldn't help them, right? And that's the, that's the last thing God says, and I believe it's so important. That he, it's a reason he says the last thing in verse 4. He says, also on their gods, the Lord had executed judgment. Remember that each of the plagues of Israel, each one of those plagues was, it was God's judgment against one of their gods. One of the things that they worshiped, God put it in its place. God put it down. Um, he showed his dominance, his superiority over all their false gods, and God said, I, I, I destroyed all their gods, right? That should have been a mental marker for them. Like, why would the children of God ever be tempted to worship an idol when they saw what God did to them? When they saw how unfruitful, how unhelpful, um, and how, how unable to deliver idols had been. And so God's saying, I want you guys to remember this, right? Maybe some of us need to remember because there are times when you, you can walk with the Lord so long and it happened to the Israelites. Remember when, they, remember when they lusted back like it was better back there? We had leeks and onions and, you know, we forgot, they forgot about all the other negatives and everything else. Sometimes we can lust back. Maybe it's better there and I'm not really happy here. I'm, I don't like God's program. It's, it's, not, it's not exciting enough for me. Got boring manna and water every day. It's not an excitement anymore. I want, I want some other stuff going on in my life. And God says, here, I'm reminding you. Would you remember everything that happened back then? You really want that? And sometimes we need to look back that far. You know, if you're feeling tempted to go back into some aspect of your old life, um, not a bad thing to look back and to recount, to recall, to remember. Um, there was a time in my walk with the Lord where um, I, I almost went back and had a drink. And I thank God for how he met me that night. And um, my wife was, we were only married, I don't even think we were married a year. I haven't drank since I got saved. I've been doing great with the Lord. And my wife had a, a, a tumor and she had a dot bracing to take it out. And they told me I could stay the night at the hospital with her. So I was there at the hospital ready to camp out for the night. And 10, 11 o'clock or whatever, some other woman had a miscarriage and they rolled her in the room and they said, you gotta, you have to leave. And so I'm like, okay, so I, I'm headed back to the apartment. and. Now, I haven't had a strong urge or temptation to drink for a long time, but I remember I left that night, and it came over me like a flood. Like, anybody ever been so tempted, you can, you can hear your heart beating? Like, you can hear it? I'm leaving the, everything in my flesh is saying, just, just get one drink. And this is what, I mean, my flesh, it was like, get one drink and a single cigarette. And I'm, I'm thinking these thoughts, I'm battling it, my heart's beating out of my chest. And, you know, the Bible says in James that each man is, you know, drawn away by his own lust. And, and, he's, and, I, was, and I was drawn away. And I went, I said, I'm going to go somewhere offbeat, some off-brand store. And, I, you know, in the hood, you can get a single cigarette. I'm going to hold pack. Just going to do this once. That's what you tell yourself. And I bought a beer and a single cigarette. And I went back to my apartment. Um, and I went up there. And I, I kid you not, when I opened up the beer and smelled it, God gave me a visual flashback. God showed me the times when I wasn't saved and I was miserable and I wanted to quit and I couldn't. And he just flashed me back. And in that moment, I believe the Holy Spirit just gave me the strength to dump it. And I poured it in the trash. I threw the cigarette away. Then I was embarrassed. I'm like, I'm bagging it up. And then I, I took the bag and threw it in the trash bag and wrapped up the trash bag in another trash bag and, you know, carried it out and hoisted it. And I escaped that day, you know, where I feel like that would have ruined that would have ruined my marriage. That would have ruined my life. That would have been the beginning of who knows what. But in that moment, the Lord reminded me of just the horror 
And, and it, was, it was bad. There, I mean, there were times when I wasn't even saved. I was so disappointed with my life and what I was doing. Um, and I forgot that. But the Lord gave me that, just a brief little flashback. You don't want that no more. You don't, you don't want to go back to that. Sometimes we need to remember how bad it was without him, um, that we don't go back, that there's nothing for us. We, we should be so convinced that the world has nothing to offer. They should, they should have left here saying, we left Egypt, their gods got demolished, their babies died, and they couldn't do nothing to fix it. You know, there should have been in their mind, like, Egypt ain't got nothing for me. I'm done with Egypt. That's what should have happened in their hearts. And maybe initially it did, but as time would go by, they would forget, and they would lust back and say, you know, we, we, but the food was jamming. They had great food or whatever, you know? And so we want to be cautious of that. So God brought them out with boldness. God brought them out as they were burying their dead. And God was also brought them out as he had executed judgment on all their gods. Now, starting at verse five, there's going to be um, kind of the destination. They're going to go from here to there. I am not going to bore you with all of that. If you're interested in places, even I'll just say this, because I, I read through it and tried to decide, Lord, do I read this to them? Like, will this be beneficial, helpful? Um, if we read it through 10 times, you wouldn't remember the places and you wouldn't know where they were anyway. So I'll suffice it to say this. They went from place to place to place to place. This is what's important. Why were they going from place to place and who was leading them from place to place and why? So why were they going from place to place? Why were they wandering in the desert? Because they had been disobedient to the Lord. And God told them that the group that wouldn't go into the promised land when they had the opportunity, God says, now you cannot go into the promised land. Therefore, God led them. So it wasn't just that the wilderness wanderings were them wandering, like trying to find their way and they couldn't. They were being led by God basically to not be able to go into the promised land. You guys can't go. So we're gonna wander around until you guys die off and your kids are gonna go. It was by divine design. And this is what's important with that. It's possible for someone to live in disobedience to the Lord where God would not lead them into blessing. You don't get to go like that. That's what happened to them. God said, you guys can't go like that. That unbelief is, is a thief. You don't get to go now. And so now you guys just gotta, you, you missed out. Now, when it comes to the spirit-filled life and, and the fullness of God and all those things, right, could I miss out on everything? Is it possible for you and I to miss out on everything God wants to do in our lives? Absolutely. Walk in unbelief. Walk in disobedience. And, and, and you can't have everything. You can't, you can't walk in. I can't be walking in the fullness of the spirit and in the fullness of the flesh. Right? The Bible says that inside each one of us, the flesh and spirit war. Everybody here just... Be very honest with yourself right now. What does your flesh do? Everybody here, when you get in the flesh, what's your flesh like to do? Don't say it out loud. You know, we'll all leave here, you know. But just, you know yourself. You know when you're in the flesh. What do you like? You angry in the flesh? Um, I, you know, there's other things I can name, but I won't, you know. What are you? What, what's your flesh into? And when you give in to your flesh, where does it take you? Where's it leave you? Where's it lead you? Where's it take you? God is saying this, like, I, I can't be walking in the spirit and fulfilling the lust. God says, matter of fact, there's a, a command with a promise. God says, walk in the spirit. That's the command. The promise is, and you will not fulfill the lust of your flesh because you can't do both at the same time. So when I'm in the flesh, this is what I know for certain. I'm not walking in the spirit. If you can give me the flesh out, 
You know, you shouldn't have said that to me like that. That's why I cussed you out, because you, you came at me wrong. Mm-mm, no, mm-mm. I, can't, I cussed you out because I was in the flesh, because I wasn't walking in the spirit. You find somebody walking in the spirit, and everybody here knows what it's like. I, I can have a really good day walking in the fullness of the spirit, and a scenario can happen, I'm good. I'm, I just breeze on through it today. That thing happened tomorrow, and I cut a head off. You know, I'm the same guy. I was doing well there, not doing well here. We need to maintain a walk in the spirit, walking in the fullness of the spirit that I won't give way to my flesh. Because when I do, I I miss out. I miss out on all that God wants to do and what he wants to bring me through, how he might want to use my life. I will miss out on the Lord and what he has walking in the flesh. Here goes an unsinful, it's, it's, it's not maybe some of the overt sins we think about, anger, lust, and theft, and lying, and deceit. Here goes one of the spiritual ways that people flesh out. Um, is in disbelief, unbelief, um, disobedience. Um, when we look at what Israel did, right, there, it, was, it was as a result, all the other sins that they did were as a result of their initial disbelief and disobedience. They didn't trust the Lord. They didn't, they didn't walk by faith. And so that was walking in the flesh. When I walk in unbelief, I'm walking in the flesh. And truly, when we walk in the flesh as people that know God, we walk in unbelief, I'm saying, God, I don't trust you. And if there's anybody that's deserving of my absolute trust, it's the Lord. Amen. And so here's how the chapter, if you want to write this down in your notes, this is as much as I'm going to give you on the the breakdown of the chapter from um, from verses five through 15 is Egypt going from is, is from is going from Egypt to Mount Sinai. And it lists all the stops in between. So verses five through 15 takes them from Egypt to Mount Sinai and it lists all the stops in between. Then in verses 16 to 36, it takes you from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea, and it lists all the stops in between. So verse 16 to 36 is from Mount Sinai to Kadesh Barnea. The last one, verses 37 to verse 40, take you from Kadesh Barnea to Mount Hor, H-O-R. And then the last chunk is verse 41 to 49, is from Mount Hor to the plains of Moab. And that's where it ends up at. That's that big chunk. Verses, you know, five all the way to verse 49. A couple things I just want to highlight uh, in between. And I thought it was interesting. If, if, you, if you look at verse, you know, 16 and you'll look at it, it, the sentences get real short. And it's like they go from here to there, here to there, here to there, here to there. It's really fast. It's rapid. You know, they're moving from place to place. There's about 30 places named in a very, you know, quick cadence, very short succession. They go here, they go here, they go here, they go here. And this is what's significant here. During that period of time, there was a lot of activity, a lot of movement, a lot of going, a lot of doing, but there was no progress. Moving and moving and moving, going and going and going, doing and doing and doing. They were so active, but they weren't getting anywhere. There was no progress being made. They weren't coming any closer to the promised land. Um, Again, it was a result of their unbelief. And I would just point this out. In our walk with the Lord, sometimes it would behoove us and benefit us to slow down. And God, am I walking my faith here? Because I could spend five years just spinning my wheels. I tried this and I was going there and I was going to this study and I was sitting over here and I, I got involved in that thing. You could be doing all this stuff and God is saying, but I told you to do that a long time ago and you won't trust me to do that. So what I really want to do in your life is not happening. So you'll be discontented even though you're doing all this stuff because God's like, I told you to do that. And that's not happening yet. And if there's a that in your life, for them, the that was go in that promise, let me take it. And they were like, nah, we're not going to do that. We'll do anything but that. 
Somebody else can do it. We're not going to do that. And God said, well, if you don't do that, I'm not doing nothing else. You can go ahead and walk around the desert then and spin your wheels, be exhausted, go here, go there, go here, set up camp, tear down, set up camp, tear down, all that stuff. But I'm not, I'm not in it. I'm not going with you. Um, you, won't, you won't get where I'm taking you. And if, if, because they, wouldn't, they didn't trust him ultimately. And so maybe some of us here are spinning our wheels. We're trying all these different things. We're going here, trying that, going here, trying that. And if God has spoken clearly to you in some area that you're not obeying, I would call you back to that thing and say, go back and do the thing God told you to do. Go back and be obedient to whatever he spoke to you clearly last. Quit trying new stuff when God has spoken something very clearly. And I found this um, in my own life, but I I found this in times of counseling and speaking to people that many times people are, they're they're trying all these things, they're praying about this, and I'm going to try this over here, and and we think about that, and you look at a life, and it's like, it's so sporadic and everywhere, it's like, bring this, bring it down, like, what's the last thing that in clarity God spoke to you? And many times you'll come back and God has called them away from something that they haven't come away from. God has spoken to them to do something that they don't want to do it. Um, they're not really open to it. They don't, they don't trust him. They're afraid. They don't feel like they can. And so they're trying, they want to appease God. God, I'll do this for you instead. And God won't be appeased, right? God made me and God made you specifically to do specific things. And I can't offer God a substitute. I can't say, God, I know you want me to preach the word, but I just want to, I just want to do this. You know, I want to, I want to do this thing instead. No, he's not going to be in that. God's waiting for me to obey the calling over here to do what he called me to do. Do you have a calling from the Lord? Is there something God has called you to do? Um, if so, I'm, I'm just encouraging you that you would obey him, uh, that you wouldn't be spinning your wheels for years, unnecessarily wasting life, wasting time, but that you would do the thing God called you to do. And if there's something God has called you away from, would you come away from it? Uh, just come away from it. Let it go. Put it down. Break it off. Leave it, leave it be so that you can do and be the thing that God has called you to do and be right now. They're an example to us of wasted potential. Wasted. These are wasted lives. These were lives that at one point could have gone into the promised land and enjoyed all that God had made available, who instead wandered around the desert until they died. Just think about that. They had the potential to do something really exciting, go in the promised land, win wars, have exciting battles and fights and win every time because God said they would win every time, to take land, to have milk and honey and big old grapes and eat real good. They had, that was their potential. And what they ended up is in the dead, funky, hot desert, wandering around until they died because they wouldn't trust God. May we learn from that. May that not be the case for any of us. Uh, may we enter in to all that God has for each one of us. And so, again, a lot of movement, a lot of going, a lot of doing, but, but no real uh, progress being made. Now, everybody skip down to verse 50, and that's where we're going to pick it up. So verse 50 says, Now the Lord spoke to Moses in the plains of Moab by the Jordan across from Jericho, saying, Speak to the children of Israel and say to them, When you have crossed the Jordan into the land of Canaan, Then you shall drive out the inhabitants of the land from before you. And I want you to notice a strong language again. Destroy all their engraved stones. Destroy all their molded images. Demolish all their high places. You shall dispossess the inhabitants of the land and dwell in it. For I have given you the land to possess. And so they're getting new instructions for this new group as they're going to have the opportunity to go in. This is the group that will go. These are the kids of those that have died off in the wilderness. And Moses has clear direction from the Lord. And I want you to know what the Lord told him to do. Um, it's 
four D's. Um, first, he tells them in verse 52, you're going to drive out all the inhabitants from before you. What does that mean? That means when you go into the land, there are people that already inhabit the land. You're going to drive them out. You're gonna, ultimately, they're going to kill them. They're going to defeat them in war. Some people look at this and say, hey, that's, that's, I don't understand why God would, why is God into that? God's into murder. God wants them to kill everybody. Why does he want them to do that? This is why. The Canaanites were a wicked, corrupt people. Thanks for joining Pastor Bill on a transforming word as he teaches through the book of Numbers. As you listen to today's message, we pray that it has not only inspired you in your faith journey, but challenged you in your relationships. The book of Numbers recounts the various struggles the people of Israel faced with those outside of their camp, but also within. Surely, there are difficulties you might be facing inside your family, your church, your work setting and the nation as a whole. But God is still here, and He's proven time and time again that He's not leaving you or abandoning you. So when you're tempted to get down and out, chin up and remember that He is faithful. The messages you've been listening to are in Ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. If you're ever in or near the Inglewood area, you're more than welcome to join us for church. We meet at Calvary Chapel Inglewood every Sunday and Wednesday. And you can get more information on our website at calvaryinglewood.org. You can also call or text us for more information. Our number is 310-245-4811. Again, that's 310-245-4811. If you're looking for more resources or ways to connect with us, You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube. Just look for the links on our website. Again, that's CalvaryInglewood.org. Well, that's all we have time for today. But Pastor Bill will have more to share from the book of Numbers next time on A Transforming Word.